This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back, everybody. Another edition here of the Auburn Undercover Podcast on the 24-7 Sports Network. My name is Nathan King. It is currently Tuesday morning of Missouri Game Week. Obviously, Auburn is attempting to turn the page from a deflating loss to Penn State and attempt to start 1-0 in SEC play against the Missouri Tigers. First time Auburn has played Missouri since the 2017 season. They also opened SEC play there um, in Columbia. There is a 51-14 win. Pretty, pretty decisive. And then obviously you go back to their meeting. In the SEC championship games, so Auburn is 2-0 against Missouri since they joined the conference. I am joined here by Jason Caldwell and Mark Murphy, sort of our midweek episode. And we got Brian Harson yesterday, um, of course. And, you know, Jason, not not a massive shocker, I guess, that, uh, you know, that the hard questions are beginning because you sort of those walls have come down after the first couple games. There was no reason to, to, to be overly pressing after those first two games. Um, but there, there's, there's lots of reasons after Penn state. Um, and you know, Harson was, uh, you know, Harson was a bit, uh, fiery yesterday and, and, and a bit defensive for, for, you know, lack of a, lack of a better word. And I guess relative to, to what he's been throughout the season, which, um, again, I think a lot of people were, even people there sort of taken aback by it, that it's like, I don't really know what y'all are. <laughs> I don't really know what y'all expected. Um, you know, it's 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 getting to be a you know a tenuous situation for them. Um, obviously, you know, we heard, we've heard a lot about his job security this week. It was mentioned after the game, um, but for Auburn, they got to focus on this game against Missouri because there won't be any questions if they go out on that field and and lose to Missouri on on Saturday. You won't have to do any more speculating um, because that absolutely would be an unacceptable result. And it's one Jason that Missouri is going to be incredibly, incredibly fired up to try to win because of who their head coach is. And because he's got history, not only with Auburn, but also with Brian Harson. Yeah. And, and it's just a big game for them because they haven't won a ton of sec games and um, to have a chance to knock off a program like Auburn would be really important for Missouri. So, you know, it's, it's going to be a challenge and you're right. The, the questions will only get tougher if they go out and play again, like they did Saturday and, and, it's not a great track record for teams that that start the way this Auburn team has. When you cr- turn the ball over a bunch and don't force any turnovers, that's not a recipe for success. And normally those things don't turn around a great deal. Now, you know, you could turn it around some. You might have – but it's the same thing kind of from Missouri. These teams are almost mirror images of each other. Um, the schedule's been a little different. But um, Missouri, in, in their one loss, turned it over a bunch. Um, they turned it over some this season. Um and, you know, they're a team that's been searching for a quarterback, kind of searching for the right guys in, in year number two. I mean, it's a lot of similarities when you when you look at these two teams. But, yeah, I mean, it, you know, questions are going to be there. There's there's no and, – and, hey, here's the thing. Going out and beating a, a Missouri team Saturday that 
gave up 40 in a blowout loss to Kansas State is not going to answer a bunch of those questions still. Um, those are things that are going to take a few weeks. But if you go out and play like you did Saturday, then that's pretty much all the answers you're going to need for this team. Mark, obviously, uh, haven't had a chance to catch up with you on on this show since that Penn State game. You, you've had, you know, 48-plus hours to sort of marinate um, over it. I guess we, we talked about it a little bit in our exit survey after the game on the site, but what was just the biggest surprise for you in the fact that Auburn was was handled so thoroughly on its home field there, especially in the second half? What was the biggest thing that that even a couple days later you're saying – Wow, I still can't, I still you know can't believe that, that Penn State was able to do that or or that Auburn did that on its home field. You know what really doesn't make a lot of good sense to me, guys, is that a lot of the same players who went to Penn State uh, got dominated at the line of scrimmage, and that was not the case last year. Auburn lost at Penn State, but they didn't really get dominated. Um, you know, the offensive line had. Good moments up there. The defensive line played physical, had some good moments. So, yeah, Auburn didn't get nearly enough pass rush on Penn State up there at Beaver Stadium. And there were some other issues, too, while they lost the game. But, you know, Auburn had a chance to win that game down to the final seconds. And, uh, uh, boy, they didn't – this game was over with uh, midway to late in the, in the third quarter, I thought. And uh, I was just – kind of shocked at how Auburn played in the third and fourth quarters because they were down 14 to six at halftime. I think they had more total yards than Penn State and um, were minus two in turnover margin. And there certainly looked to be a path for Auburn to win that game, but well, it just didn't happen. And, you know, by the end of the third quarter, it was clear Penn State was a much, much better team. And, you know, maybe Penn State's going to be better than they were predicted. But, you know, from the people I talked to who covered Penn State, they think they're maybe better than last year, but they're not a team that's going to challenge for any Big Ten championships this year. So if that's the case, that's extremely concerning for Auburn folks. Yeah, we'll stick we'll stick with that offensive line play because that's been something that's been talked about a bunch here in the early stages of the week following that game. Um Jason, you know, the pass protection we'll we'll get to that. It was um dreadful. Dreadful is the word, yes. Certainly certainly not uh not very sightly. But the running game has been a big topic of conversation as well. Not only the fact that Tank Bixby only got nine carries and, and you can find, you know, different reasons for why that was in, in certain parts of the game. Um, but when we talked to Brian Harson about it yesterday and and we got to talk to Austin Troxel, obviously the starting right tackle, sort of, you know, a couple diametrically opposed, um, you know, thought processes on the run game. Brian Harson says, you know, sometimes the game plan changes and and what the defense does is sort of, you know, altering our game plan. And then Austin Troxel, who's been here for six years says we need to, I don't remember his exact quote, but we, we need to run the football regardless of alignment. Here we go. We should be able to run the ball against any defense and go from there. That's our identity as an offense. And that's what we want to be as an offensive line is to be able to run the ball consistently, no matter what looks we're getting. Um, so you mentioned it before we started rolling Jason, but it, it's, you know, the pass protection is one thing, and we'll talk about that. But in terms of the run game, and what, like you've mentioned over and over again, needs to, you know, has been cemented, at least from what they've said, as the identity of this offense. Um, it's not a great sign when you're le- letting the defense dictate what you're doing in terms of your game planning, particularly on the ground, as opposed to the other way around. Yeah. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm if I'm remembering wrong, you can correct me, but are, are any of the turnovers that they have this year 
anything other than from the passing game, whether it was interceptions, fumbles by the quarterback in the pocket, or a Shedrick Jackson fumble? Is there one in a running game? I don't know that there is. I think they're all based on the passing game. So if you're turning over a good bit in the passing game and you want to be a run-first physical offense – Sooner or later, you're going to have to line up and run the football. Um, and hey, middle of the second half on Saturday, hey, you're down 24 to six. You got to start throwing the ball. That that's that's just the way it works. Um, but in a one score game, even early in the second half, even when it gets to, to to two scores, you're still that's still a game where you can run the football. And I thought they they gave up on it really quickly. They ran tank early and had some success. Um, it's not just running it. You know the little dump off passes to him doing some of those things those essentially are running plays but if if he's one of your better players and he is um then you got to find a way to get him the football a lot more especially to take pressure not only off the quarterback but off that offensive line um right now that it's it's a it was a struggle for them saturday with penn state bringing blitzes even when they didn't bring blitzes um you know there are sometimes where they're rushing four against auburn and auburn had offensive line tight end and running back, and they were still getting pressure on a quarterback. Well, in that case, <clears throat> what they're doing doesn't matter. And what you're doing doesn't matter. If you can't get the pass off, it doesn't matter what they're doing defensively. You're better off trying to do something where you can go you put a hat on a hat and, and run the football. And the interesting thing is going to be for me this week is what the offensive line looks like because I expect there will be some changes. What they are, I don't know. But I wouldn't be surprised to see Jalil Urban at center. We saw him in the bowl game. Wouldn't be surprised to see that. Um, Alec Jackson is a veteran guy that is a big physical guy that can can get downhill and run the ball. We see some of him. Heck, do we see Jeremiah Wright a little bit? You know, we had played and, and didn't have much experience, but he could be a road grader kind of guy in the run game. But I think we're going to see some different faces on the offensive line. Um, and I think, you know, I would expect them to, to try to give the running game a lot more of a priority uh, against a Missouri team that's not great against the run. Um, but if you're Missouri, you know that you know now. Hey, if we put enough guys up there, they're going to throw the football. I, I I don't think that's the the way that maybe you want to phrase that. Um, but it sure sounded that way. And, and if I'm Missouri, and and hey, as we know, the Missouri's defensive coordinator Blake Baker learned under Manny Diaz. Manny Diaz is Penn State's defensive coordinator. I would expect Auburn to see much of the same as they did last week, which is a lot of pressure, a lot of guys at the line of scrimmage, and. Can Auburn make the adjustments to handle that in, in, in the second week in a row? Yeah, Mark, Jason mentioned it. Um, wouldn't wouldn't be a huge shocker. Brian Harson mentioned that there's a lot of you – know, the theme of – yes, one of the themes of, of Monday was competition, not only at the offensive line, but um, you know, you'd have to imagine at a couple, a couple different positions there. We saw some rotating in the game. Um, Alec Jackson – some burn at guard. You swapped those guard spots around with Keandre Jones and and Cam Stutz, and um, Cam Stutz even played some time at left guard instead of uh, instead of Brandon Council for for a drive or so. You had Jaleel Irvin at center. Um, one way or another, I mean, the, the quarterbacks are are one thing, and they obviously are not having the type of performance that Auburn would want, and they certainly didn't against Penn State. But you go back and especially on rewatches and 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 really kind of breaking down what Penn State get, what Penn State did on defense. Like Jason said, multiple plays where they're bringing only four guys, and a lot of times it was at center. A lot of times it was off the edge at uh, on the right side. Guys coming just completely untouched toward the quarterback, and that contributed not only toward turnovers, but just a general um, lack of consistency there 
in the passing game. Robbie Ashford maybe was able to get out of it a little bit better because he's a lot faster, but you still had a passing offense that, like you mentioned, that was a disastrous second half for the most part in the second half where you couldn't really call much of anything because the quarterback, if that first read wasn't there, he couldn't get the ball out in a second and a half. Then the play was broken down. He was just going to have to make something happen on the fly. Um, so, I mean, the, you know, according to pro football focus, 36 pass uh, quarterback pressures, excuse me. Um, and that was on 45 dropbacks for Auburn. And so that means that you had multiple Penn state guys getting pressure on the same play, which is obviously not a huge surprise, but you know, it's certainly an understatement mark to say that, um, this this path protection, maybe they'll play defensive fronts that are a little lighter uh, th- this week against Missouri, but not many of them. And it's got to be something that's improved um, over the course of the season if they're going to have any chance of having a good passing game. You know, to me, it's important when things aren't going as planned for an offensive coordinator to make in-game adjustments. And I mean, if you're having problems protecting throw some quick passes to the tight ends. you got lots of good tight ends on this team, got good size. Take advantage of that. That's one way to slow down. Uh, some blitzes for sure. Throw some screen passes. Run a draw play. Run a quarterback draw play. You know, the best ground game for Auburn was a quarterback just running straight up the middle after uh, like after they couldn't find a receiver or else they were under pressure. And uh, so there were certainly ways to attack that defense. And I mean, from the, from what I saw Penn state from the first two games, they're okay defense, but nothing special. And uh, you know, Albert just got to do a better job in every area, coaching the offense, offensive line blocking, uh, the receivers got to do a better job, and uh, and you need to get the ball in the hands of the playmakers, Tank Bixby and Javarius Johnson right now, and you got to take advantage of those tight ends. There's a bunch of them, and uh, you know there's been a lot of talk in preseason about this is one of the team's strengths, and they need to use it, guys. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So at the quarterback position, we saw, of course, mostly TJ Finley there in that first half. You had the standard change of pace that we're used to um, with Robbie Ashford. But Brian Harson was very um, clear post game saying that, you know, it was an injury for TJ, but um, you know that didn't really have much bearing on their effect to go you know, on their on their on their choice to go with Robbie for the rest of the game. Um, you know, Jason, yesterday, Harson was asked about TJ's health. He was asked about the plan at quarterback. He was asked about, you know, whether Zach Calzada is going to get some burn um, going forward. And, and 
his immediate response when asked if TJ is the team's current starter, he said, we'll see. And so it kind of goes back to that theme we were just mentioning. There is still, he said, he said, this is not a set team. That was, that was the phrase. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and you and I talked about it yesterday. The, it seems that there is open competition at most, if not every spot, save for a couple that are, you know, have been locked in with NFL players on this roster. And, and, and quarterback is, is certainly no exception at the moment. Maybe injuries might, might play a factor into it. That was, you know, pretty tough, uh, pretty tough, you know, to watch TJ Finley go through that. And, uh, and, you know, he's, he certainly seemed to be hobbling and that shoulder was, was bothering him a little bit. So maybe that will play a factor. Um, but regardless, like, like, I mean, in the words of Brian Harson, this is not a set offense right now. And, um, we could see a lot of changes coming and, and quarterback is certainly, certainly no exception. I mean, we've seen change changes already. We've seen Robbie play a bunch. That wouldn't be a huge shocker. Um, but maybe we see him throwing the ball a little bit more from a game planned perspective this week. Maybe that might be something to expect against Missouri. Yeah, I think you look and and going back and and watching again, seeing TJ Finley kind of grabbing that shoulder as soon as that happened, and then not seeing him again. Um, you know, he is Auburn's passing quarterback, and they were throwing the football in the second half. You would you that that would lead me to believe that if he was good to go, then he would be in the game, and so. I think you look, you know, you look, and we'll see what what it, you know, how he holds up this week and what happens. But I would expect to see a whole lot more Robbie Ashford again, in my opinion. I think um, that's, you know, it's going to be hard to imagine that that TJ and you know, especially if it, you know, it was a throwing shoulder. So we'll see those things. It don't take much to 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 turn that into a, a an issue. So we'll, um, you know, Robbie Ashford's a guy that can build on some things offensively. We'll see, you know. How much? And hey, again, the Zach Calzada question. Holden Gardner. Um, I mean, who knows? Who knows what we might see this week, depending on like what you said. Um, it to me, it's a little, it's a scary thing. But but in week three, when when you still have, and, and hey, competition's always important. It's always important to have competition. But it's also important to settle in where guys get reps, and they're in the flow of an offense and. Um, and you're tailoring your offense to to the guys you have as starters, and and that's always important. You can't do that if you're still competing Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Um, you're just trying to find out who the number one guy is, and then go from there. And uh, even the the quarterback rotation stuff, I think it's you know they both made plays, but I think at the detriment of of each guy getting into a little bit of a rhythm, I think it's hurt them at times. Um, you know the rotations back and forth, doing some of those things, and Mark mentioned, you know, playmakers. We saw the perfect example of that the other day where you, you throw a ball to TJ. I mean, uh, TJ throws a ball to Landon King, and then you run Robbie Ashford in, and you kind of change up, go back to things. Um, you can go back to plays, and you can you can do the same thing again later in the game. And and it feels like it's just like a grab bag at the moment uh, offensively. It's hard to find a rhythm. We'll see if they can find a rhythm because that's going to be a key for them. If they don't, it, it's going to be uh, going to be a lot of struggles. So looking ahead briefly to Missouri, that week two game for them against Kansas State. Um, it's funny, it was almost a it was almost an identical outcome to what happened for Auburn against uh against Penn State. Auburn, Penn State Auburn lost 41 to 12. Missouri lost 40 to 12. Uh, both teams had four turnovers. Auburn gave up 245 rushing yards, and Missouri gave up 235. So like we've been talking about, Mark, you know. It, that's a Kansas State team that turned around and lost at home to Tulane. So you would think if you're Auburn, you can just sort of lean on the ground game, especially with maybe some questions at quarterback. 
obviously all the questions we've been running through for the past 15 minutes about the passing game. You assume you'll be able to lean on that ground game against Missouri, but at the same time, it's going to be something they they you know they're going to be ready for, and they'll probably stack the box against knowing knowing what Auburn did in the passing game last week. But you look at what Kansas State was able to do, and and sort of the issues Missouri has had this season. This should be a game should 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 be a game that Auburn is sort of able to impose its will early in the game if they're able to get some push on the offensive line. But at the, at the same time, that hasn't been a given here early in the season. No, I'm not assuming anything the way Auburn played against Penn State. And if you go back and look at it, you know, Auburn didn't dominate the line of scrimmage against San Jose State by any means. And um, even against Mercer, um, there were some warning signs there that the offensive line and defensive line play needed to get better. And, uh, you know, just think back to this game last week, uh, you know, Auburn didn't get a quarterback sack. Didn't get a quarterback pressure according to the, the official game stats. And boy, that's just extremely disappointing. And uh, this is pretty much the same um, Penn State offense with minus three starters in the offensive line that ended up with 88 rushing yards uh, up at uh, Beaver Stadium. They ran for 245 against Auburn at Jordan Hare. And uh, boy, that's very discouraging and you know you guys talked earlier about the the turnovers yeah that's been a big problem minus four you're not likely to beat anybody in a particular game but if that game was turnover neutral Auburn still would have lost by um, several touchdowns I believe because the defense didn't get the job done up front and the neither did the offense so uh, you know it'd be nice for Auburn if turnovers were the issue because that's something that can be change from game to game but yeah that's just one of many issues right now guys so uh um i'm not assuming they're going to beat missouri yeah they're a favorite and yes missouri has been mediocre and they've got a rebuilt team but uh i mean right now the way auburn's playing they've got a lot to prove and uh that starts this saturday in the sec opener yeah your your point is exactly correct mark because for all the difference the turnovers made and they made a bigger difference in the second half, just in terms of game control um, with, with Penn state sort of complementing the turnovers with, with a good ground game. But for the game, Penn state only had 10 points. They only had one touchdown and one field goal off of the four turnovers. So it's not as if those created that massive scoring burst um, for Penn state. A lot of that was done. Like you said, Mark, a lot of that was done just lining up head to head with them on, uh, on offense against Auburn's defense and running the ball particularly well. Um, this isn't a this isn't an explosive Missouri passing game, Jason, but it is a guy that um, or it is it is a team that has a uh, that has a, a talented receiver in Luther Burden, who's a who's a five star freshman. They've been able to do some good things through the first couple games. It, it is not as diversified and experienced um, and overall efficient as as somebody like Sean Clifford is with all the weapons that he has. You would assume that that Auburn is able to to have a better game in terms of its pass defense, because while that wasn't the strength, that wasn't the number one for Penn state, they were able to find more success on the ground. It was still something where we saw shades of it you know, pop up in the first couple games. It was still something where they weren't able to get a ton of pressure as the second, third and fourth quarters went along and were able to really cover the tight end. Those receivers made some great catches downfield. Um, like Mark mentioned, you'd like to see your, your pass rush step up here 
in this game and, and register some more pressures and and some more sacks because that's what Brian Harson talked about yesterday. Look, zero sacks is is completely unacceptable against uh, against any team, especially with what Auburn was was trying to scheme up defensively against Penn State. Yeah, you know, you look at it and you know this Missouri defense. Obviously, they um, they haven't played a, a a ton of you know really good teams on that side, but offensively. Eli Drinkwitz can, I mean, he can dial some things up. They can score points. Um, again, it's been turnovers for them when they don't turn the ball over. Uh, they've done a pretty good job, and they've been pretty balanced when you look at them. And you know, they're averaging, you know, 32 points a game or so. And that's with a, a game of 12 scored 31 last weekend, or, and then had that game in control for a while. But, you know, you, you look at them, and, and you're right. It's, um, you know, the play of, um, you know, quarterback, they kind of found a guy. Um, and when you start talking about uh, Brady Cook, um, you know, the guy's been in the program, four touchdowns, three interceptions, 64%. You know, he's averaging about 200 yards passing game. Their their running game is kind of all over the place. He's he's actually their leading rusher, their quarterback. Um, they've got three or four guys that are running some, but you know, Luther Burton is is a dynamic receiver. Dominic Lovick is a guy that had a really big game. And then Barrett Bannister is kind of just a every down, third down guy that makes some plays. So, uh, you know, it's an offense that'll that'll create some challenges. I think for you know this this Auburn defense, um, and you know Mark mentioned it. It you, you look at it and and turnovers, absolutely, absolutely. They you need to get the ball back to your offense as much as anything. That's that's the reason you get turnovers is to get the ball back to your offense. An offense that's that's not been dynamic to help them score maybe on some short fields. That's that's what it's about. But you look at it, the the, the bigger issue is is you know, Penn State just lined up, ran the football, and and did it in the red zone, which is not normal. That's not no, – you know, Georgia can do that and has done that at times. Alabama's done that at times. Penn State's not a team which you would say, hey, they're going to get in the red zone, they're going to line up and run the football and score touchdowns. That That's not happening, and it happened Saturday. Uh, and you're going to face better teams than that um, in that situation moving forward in, in this season. Missouri won't be one of those, but as Mark said – if you take away all those turnovers, you know, you're still losing that game Saturday because of what happened at the line of scrimmage. And that's where it has to start. Yep. The trenches on uh, trenches on both sides of the ball. It's, it's, you know, a tried and true uh, statement that's been, it's been proven over time across any sort of team you look at um, Penn state's offense was able to do a great job running the ball. They're able to neutralize Auburn at the line of scrimmage. And then obviously on the other side of the ball, Auburn wasn't able to get much of any protection for their quarterbacks and uh, even struggled a little bit in the ground game. And so uh, that's the number one thing that, of course, has to improve heading into their SEC opener against Missouri. So we will be back, of course, on Thursday with the roundtable to break down this game in depth. Until then, thank thank you, everybody, for listening and tuning in today to this midweek episode. If you watched us on the Facebook live stream, Definitely appreciate it. If you guys enjoy the show on your podcast feed, you guys can go give us a five-star review. That is the number one thing that helps us out. We would definitely appreciate that as we try to grow our listenership during the season, during what's uh, what's an interesting portion of the season right now. The bumper music is by Beats by Mordecai. You guys can follow him on Twitter, SoundCloud, and Instagram. And until Thursday's roundtable, we will catch you guys later. Everybody enjoy your week. 